Hey, great to see you. Thanks for being here. If we have not had a chance to meet yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really glad we get to be together this weekend. Um, if you are new or newer with us, whether you're here in person or online, like, we're really glad that you're checking us out, whether you're checking out Faith or just looking for a church, or you're just here to visit, popped in. Um, thanks for being here. If we haven't met you yet, we'd love to do that. So for those of you who are online, um, you can help us with that. Hit the uh, Connect button. That'll take you to our digital Connect card. And if you'll fill that out, we'll be in touch with you. And those of you who are here in the room, the easiest thing to do when we say goodbye at the end of our time together, if you just walk out the back doors and go to the welcome desk, uh, there'll be a person there and um, they would love to get your information and give a gift to you. And uh, the point of the information, we'll reach out. And uh, we would love to know if we could answer any questions for you, if we could help you, serve you, pray for you in some way. Uh, that's really the heart behind all of that. And so um, if you'd help us with that, we would really appreciate it. I'm glad you're here for uh, this weekend, this, this sermon that, we're, that I'm sharing with you today. Um, we're almost at the end of this series, the Words series. We have this weekend and then next weekend. And um, the series this weekend I'm particularly excited about. Um, often we're in a series, there's one or two messages that I know going into it, like I'm gonna enjoy that one or I'm intrigued by this one. Um, I've actually never taught on what we're gonna talk about today. Um, I have practiced it in the past, but I've never taught on this. So I've really enjoyed my time of preparation. I'm really excited to share these things with you. And we're gonna be talking from Psalm 109. So what God has done for us is he knows there are, there are situations that happen in our lives where we just don't have words for it. Like we just don't have words or the words we have are not the right ones and we know that. And instead of abandoning us to, to nothing, he's given us words to speak in the ancient prayers of his people, that's the book of Psalms. In the middle of your Bible, um, the book of Psalms is God's gift to us as his children so that we have words when we don't have any words. And so I wanna talk with you today about, about words for when you've been deeply hurt by somebody else. And, and like there's a whole spectrum of words that God gives us in the Bible for these kinds of things, but this in particular, um, this, is, this is a prayer and um, theologians use the term imprecatory prayer. So what, what that is, and give you a definition of it, is it's a fervent prayer for God's justice by one who has been deeply hurt. So this is somebody who has been deeply hurt by somebody else, and they are asking God to step in and do what's right between me and them. Now I'm telling you at the front end of this, there is actually a lot of pastoral and scholarly debate over whether these prayers belong in a Christian person's life. So these prayers were written, this prayer in particular, Psalm 109, was written about a thousand years before Jesus came on the scene, about a thousand years before Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And many pastors and scholars would say these prayers belong back there before the cross, but since the cross, like they don't really have a place. I disagree, I disagree. I think God has given us these prayers. I think they play an important role in the life of a Christian person and I just wanna share that with you and, and hopefully what we talk about today will be helpful and encouraging to you um, in your relationship with God and also in the hurts that you have experienced in your life. So we're talking about a fervent prayer by somebody who's been deeply hurt or wounded. So let me, let me show you where I see these, these imprecatory prayers 
fitting in the life of a Christian person. So, so let's just start with the hurt. And, and we would just use the psalmist words in Psalm 109. My God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. Remember, this is imprecatory prayer. He's asking God to step in and do something. Don't remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They've spoken against me with lying tongues, with words of hatred. They surround me. They attack me without cause. And these, these are just strong words. These are words of pain. And they're words of relational difficulty. And actually, these are words, these words belong in a courtroom. And so, so this is, this is, this is beyond like online bullying. This is beyond office gossip. This is, this is beyond the stuff that happens in a little bit of family spat. This is formal, public attack, trying to take somebody down to take their livelihood, to take their life. And so there's, there's deep pain that happens here. And so the hurt is, is this, this strong attack. Now, if you're a Christian person, if you've been around very much, you know that Jesus talks about how we are to relate to our enemies. Um, this is on the, Luke chapter six on the screen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. And, and we talked about that, and we, we say yes to that. And, and if you're hurt and you can't get all the way to do good and bless, like you could start with pray. But sometimes, sometimes, you can't even pray yet. The hurt is so deep, you can't pray for the people who have hurt you. And what these imprecatory prayers do, these imprecatory prayers lie very close to the hurt, and they help us move towards healing. So Jesus, hanging on the cross, hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So for Jesus, the distance between hurt and healing, he's, he's the son of God and God the son. For him, the distance between hurt and healing is like almost nothing. And so he's able to pray, forgive them in that moment. Like, I'd like to be like Jesus, but I'm not like Jesus, this, not yet, and so I need, I need help. And these imprecatory prayers then are a gift from God to people like you and me who've been hurt, who want to experience healing, but need a path to get there, and so, so we have this great opportunity then to lean into these imprecatory prayers that help us move from, from hurt to healing. Now you have to know this, in the Psalms, in the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms, 8% of them, I'll let you do the math, 8% of them are imprecatory prayers. So these aren't, these aren't everyday prayers by any stretch, but they're there, and they're available to us. And so when, when you get hurt, like when you, can, when you can resonate with those first three verses that, that they are after me, they're against me, they're trying to take me down. Like when you can resonate with that, you have, you have a gift from God to be able to speak and to pray words for when you have no words. And so, so we've read how this psalm starts. I've been deeply hurt. Here's what they're doing. They're speaking badly against me. I've been deeply hurt. Verse four is this amazing statement. In return for my friendship, it's still expressing hurt. In return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. They accuse me, but I'm a man of prayer. This is, this is really interesting to me, that in, in the face of, 
of slander and accusation of, of public disgrace, the psalmist, and it's David, the ancient king David, David says, they're making accusation against me, but, but I'm a man of prayer. And David, if you're new to these things, David, like David and Goliath, if you've heard about David and Goliath, giant that he fought and, and killed with a sling, like David was a warrior. David was, the Bible actually tells us David is a man of war. He was highly trained, very skilled in, in physical combat. He was king of the nation at this point, and, and he had power and say-so. And he's being attacked and being accused, and instead of, I'm a man of war, I'm a man with power, instead of that, the statement that he makes is, I am a man of prayer. And that's a beautiful statement when, when we've been hurt. They're what they are, but I'm a person of prayer. I'm not a person of gossip. I'm not a person of vengeance. I'm, I'm a person of prayer. And this imprecatory prayer is a prayer that God offers to his people to, to lean into being people who pray, not people who gossip, not people who take our own retribution, not people who stuff it down and pretend like it didn't happen, but we, we have a vehicle to be able to get out of us what stirs in us when we've been deeply hurt. And so we're gonna spend our time together talking about a specific kind of prayer, that imprecatory prayer. But before we jump into that, I just wanna remind you of a few things about prayer in general, all right? And this is, I think these are helpful. I need to remind them for me. So the first thing about prayer, here's just a handful of things. One is prayer definition, is talking with my heavenly Father. Talking with my heavenly Father. Talking to him for sure, but also listening and letting him speak to me. So when I, when I pray, it is not just me talking to God, it's not just you talking to God, it's, it's talking with, and not just some deity, but your heavenly Father, the, the all-powerful creator God, who's looked at you and said, I'll be your God, and you can be my people, and we say yes to that. And he says, I'll be your father, and you can be my child. And we say yes to that, and so we have, we get to talk with our Heavenly Father. First, second thing about prayer that I think is important to remember is prayer is it's one of the ways that, that God uses to increase our faith. It takes faith to pray. Now, you don't have to have a lot of faith. You don't have to have a lot of faith, but it takes, it takes faith to pray. When you pray, you are talking to an unseen person. So that takes faith to be willing to talk to and to listen for the voice of someone that you cannot you cannot see, and then, and then it takes faith to invite this unseen person into your life, to ask them to speak, to ask him to act on your behalf, and to wait for him to act to you, and wait for him to speak to you. It takes faith, and, and so as we, as we pray, we are exercising faith, and the thing about faith is when when you use it, God gives you more. As you exercise your faith, your faith grows. And so prayer is one of the great ways that God has given to his people to, to build and to nurture and to nourish and to grow our faith. And so 
So prayer increases your faith. If you're a church person, you've been around this stuff your whole life and you could quote great big chunks of the Bible, but you don't pray or you don't pray with honesty and openness in your life, like it, you, you don't know the Lord, like you don't have a deep faith. If you're not exercising your faith through prayer, prayer increases your faith. And then the third thing about prayer, prayer increases the status quo, or excuse me, it interrupts the status quo. There, if we don't pray, if you don't pray about stuff going on in your life, we don't pray for each other, if we don't pray, it just things just keep going the way they're going. It, whoever's in charge of that, who's ever set it up, like this stuff just keeps going that way. It just drifts the way it drifts. But when we pray, God gets involved. So, so when you pray, God gets involved. And, and when God steps in, he changes stuff. And so, so if, if the status quo of your life or the status quo of circumstances in your life, the status quo relationship that you're involved in is not good, it's not going the right direction, prayer is your vehicle, right? Prayer is, prayer is a gift that God has given to you to, to invite change into the status quo. And so prayer interrupts the status quo. And then prayer also allows me, somebody like me, to participate in the miraculous, when, when, just, when the laws of nature are suspended and God does something, and, and something that seems impossible now is possible or something we never dreamed was gonna happen is happening, like God does the miraculous. God steps in and, and sometimes, sometimes God just steps in and does stuff. But, but usually when God steps in and does something miraculous, off the charts, unexplainable, it's because his people have asked him to. His people have asked him to step in on their behalf and to do something for them. And so, so prayer, like on my own, I can't work a miracle. On your own, you can't work a miracle. If you wanna be part of something miraculous, like prayer's the place. Prayer's the thing, we get, to, we get to ask God to step in and he steps in and sometimes he does it over there and sometimes he does it right through us. We get to be part of something that's miraculous is how we get to participate in it. And then the last thing about prayer, and I try to say this every time I talk about prayer, you can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. The number of people that I've talked to that, that, don't, that don't pray, that won't give it a shot, that are really tentative and hesitant about it because they're afraid to mess up. Like it seems like it's this super important, it is, it's this super important, super, like this supernatural thing, this connection, my relationship with God, and I'd rather not do it than mess it up. You can't mess it up. Like you cannot mess up prayer. If you're brand new at this stuff, you're like a little kid who's just learning how to talk, and as those of us who are the grown-ups for, for kids, like you know, nobody gets upset at a little kid when they're just trying to figure some stuff out, learn how to communicate. Like that's how your heavenly father looks at you. If you've been doing this for a while and sometimes you might be a little sideways or you say something wrong, like he'll, he'll take care of that. In, in Romans chapter eight, it's a book towards the end of the Bible, in Romans chapter eight, there's this, for me, it's a really hope-filled statement. It says that God the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, God the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our weaknesses. And the weakness that they, that the, the, the writer of the scriptures, the weakness that God chooses to point out in that moment is, we don't know how to pray like we should. <laughs> yes, I get, yes, that, that's always the case. 
Like when, when I think or when you think that we've got prayer figured out in our lives, you don't have it figured out. It's just true. We don't know how to pray like we should. And what God has done for us is he's given us his spirit who lives inside of us and, and he helps us. And so the truth of the matter is because God is always helping you pray. Like he, wants, he wants to talk with you to such a degree that he has, he has given you all you need to be able to do this and to do it well. And so, so you can't mess this up. You can't mess prayer up. So, it's, so we lean into this because of, because of all the good that comes from it. So, so those are some general things about prayer, leaning specifically into this, this fervent prayer for God's justice from this psalm, this imprecatory prayer, a fervent prayer for God's justice. Let, let's read some of this together. I'm gonna have it on the screen for you so you can hear what this, what this is asked, what this sounds like. So starting in verse six, psalmist is praying about this one who's attacked him. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he's tried, let him be found guilty and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. Interesting side note. So this is the psalm that came to mind for Jesus' first followers after Judas betrayed Jesus. So when Judas went and handed Jesus over to the authorities who ended up crucifying Jesus, when, when they looked back, those first followers looked back on Judas's actions and were trying to figure out what to do now, this is the psalm that came to mind. In Acts chapter one, at the end of Acts chapter one, we read, one of the things they said was, hey, the scripture says another should take his place of leadership. Judas ended up killing himself, and, and this is what those first followers of Jesus were thinking about, this Psalm 109. And this continues, down in this prayer continues in verse nine. May his children be fatherless, his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mother never be blotted out. May their sins, he's speaking of this group now, may their sins always remain before the Lord that he may blot out their name from the earth. May this be the Lord's payment to my accusers, to those who speak evil of me. <laughs> Can you imagine praying something like that? So the psalmist, a couple things, the psalmist lived in a culture that was that was a different kind of violent than the culture we live in. And, and he lived in a culture where there was a lot more corporate responsibility in a family than in the culture we live in where there's a lot more individual responsibility. So there's a couple of distinctions. So, so some of these things might not ever cross your mind to pray. And 
even though we don't know the circumstances behind this psalm, it doesn't tell us what exactly was going on in David's life, um, a lot of historians and scholars believe that actually what, what is being prayed here is that, that God would turn the tables, that, that God would do to the accuser what the accuser is doing to the one who's praying. And so, so it's not like random acts of violence as praying for, it's, it's Lord, this is, this is what they're trying, he's trying to do this to me, would you do this to him? But still, can you imagine praying something like that? And, and has processed that, processed that. And here's where I've landed. So I, th I think, if, like we just pulled the room, you would say like, ah, I can't really imagine praying something like that. But I'm pretty sure, if you've been hurt, pretty sure there's a, there's a version of, you've thought a version of this. Lord, will you turn the tables on that? Like, I hope or I wish the tables were turned on them, that, that what they're trying to make happen to me would actually happen to them. We've thought it, and you know, we've all been part of conversations where, where people have been saying something, like, they want something difficult or bad to happen to somebody who's hurting them, and so can we imagine praying something like this? I don't know, it's hard to imagine praying something like this, but, but we've been part of conversations, either an internal conversation or a conversation with somebody else where we're turning the tables, like the thing that they've been trying to do to me, I hope that happens to them. We've, we've been part of conversations like that, and, and so I think this, this kind of prayer, this imprecatory prayer, it helps us get that out of us and helps us move from the spot where we're hurt to where we experience healing. So, so while we're still maybe kinda in shock over this prayer we've just read, let me, let me give you a few things that I think this kind of prayer, like how it helps us move forward. So this kind of prayer, it's spiritually healthier than gossip, which is one of the things we do when somebody has hurt us deeply. It's spiritually help, healthier than, than seeking revenge. Um, it's spiritually healthier than, than denying or stuffing your pain. We, we choose a lot of unhealthy responses when somebody hurts us. And, and again, while we, may, while we may be struggling with the, the tone and the ask in this prayer, it's way healthier. It moves us towards health and healing than our natural responses. And so it's, it's a spiritually healthier prayer than some of these other options, some of these other things that we do. The second thing about it, is it promotes authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability with your heavenly Father. It's inside of you. When you've been hurt, and if, if you're hoping to somewhere down deep, you're hoping the tables are turned on the person who's hurt or hurting you, like that's inside you. And, 
And we talked about this some last week, about being transparent and vulnerable with our Heavenly Father. If you, he can see. He sees it in there. He knows, he knows it's in there. And, and if you're trying to hide it from him or cover it up from him or pretend like it's not present, if, if you're not willing to be open, for a relationship to be deep, for any relationship to be deep, there has to be vulnerability, authenticity, and transparency. And again, it, it doesn't matter how, how long you've been in the faith, how long you'd say you've been a Christian, how much of the Bible that you could quote, if, if you keep things shallow on the surface with your heavenly father because I don't talk to him that way, I might talk to somebody else that way, I might think these things, but I don't say that out loud to him. Like, if I don't talk with him about that, but you don't have a deep relationship. And so, so these prayers, these, these prayers of getting out what's in us to get that out before the Lord, they do, it promotes me being vulnerable and authentic and transparent with my heavenly father and it, and it helps deepen my relationship with him. This kind of prayer also, it, it exposes, in quotes there for you, the log in your own eye. Some reference, reference in a statement that Jesus made, and he was talking to people, and he said, you know, why do you get bent out of shape about the little speck of dust that's in somebody else's eye when you've got a log, a log in your own eye? And, and my friend Dave Clawson, who I've, from a long time ago, he did a lot of relationship counseling, and one of the things that he would say is, you know, the approach in, in healthy relationship is like there's always a log. You, you always have a log in your eye if you wanna have a healthy relationship. And so this prayer is in a broken relationship, even if somebody else is just like, they're cratering things right now by the way they're behaving towards you. Odds are pretty good there's a log in your eye, some sort, some sort. So not, not saying like it's your fault, like I'm not, I'm just saying there's, we're all broken, right? We're all messed up. And, and so, keeping in mind about prayer, that prayer is talking with your heavenly father and you can't mess this up because God the Holy Spirit teaches you how you should pray. So if, if you're praying a Lord look, Lord act, Lord turn the tables on them, if you're praying that prayer, your heavenly father is going to speak into He's gonna speak into your life because you're not talking to him, you're talking with him. And if you'll give him a chance, he'll speak into your life. And if you're out of bounds on any of this, he'll let you know that. And so, so this kind of transparency and vulnerability with your heavenly father leads to really good places. It gives, it gives him, it gives his Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak into what you're, what you're feeling, what you're desiring, what, where you'd like to see this go, it gives him a chance to, if you need it, to take some corrective action with you. And I think this is a gift. I think it's grace <laughs> that, that, God would, that God would say, hey, just bring it to me. Like, just open it up, pour it out. All the, like, you, you don't have to figure out the junk in your life. You don't, you don't have to get it all straight and get it all right and have it all ready before you come before your heavenly father. You just get to come. And, and you, get to, you get to let it out. And he can take it. He can receive it. 
and he can, he can help you grow in that and grow through that. And so, so you, get to, you get to get it out of you and you get to, if there's a log in your own eye, like this help expose that, it gives the, your heavenly father a chance to help you move in the direction that you need to go. And then the last thing, demonstrates confidence in God's justice and God's goodness. I'm a person of prayer. I'm not a person of, of taking this matter into my own hands, whether that's seeking vengeance in some way or whether that's trashing this person through gossip. I'm a person of prayer. And so, so I'm, I'm calling out to God and I am being clear with him about what I think ought to happen in these circumstances. And then I'm letting God do with it what God's gonna do with it. Can I tell you, like, I can promise you this, God is, not, God is not gonna act unjustly. He's not gonna act unfairly. He's not gonna act wrongly because you've prayed something. Right? He's not gonna change who he is because, because you have fervently asked him to step in and do what you think is right. You, you could be wrong about what is right in this situation but you can still let it out of you and trust your heavenly father to do what is just and what is good. And so these prayers, Lord, turn the tables on them. What they're, what they're doing to me, would you do to them? If, you, if you've got it in you, prayer is the place to get it out. Not, not the water cooler, not the, wherever the gossip happens in your life, not there, prayer before your heavenly Father to get it out of you. So this kind of prayer is really helpful. It helps us move from hurt to healing. It helps us grow forward in our lives. And this psalm, just real quick, that's how this psalm begins to kind of wrap itself up. The psalmist moves and instead of praying against the person who's hurt him, he begins to pray for himself in kind of a parallel line. So verse 21, you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. The psalmist is a person who said yes to, to God, to that relationship, that covenant relationship. And, and in that covenant, he's expecting help and protection and deliverance, rescue, salvation, because God's promised those things. And he says, God, I'm flapping in the wind here. I'm being hung out to dry. And, and I need you to come and help me. And everybody knows I belong to you. If you leave me hanging in the wind, what does that say about you? And I, lo I love that prayer. Like he's just, he's, he's talking honestly to God about like, I'm, I'm sunk if you don't show up and they know I belong to you. So show up, not just for me, but for you. Would you step into this situation out of your great love? Would you deliver me? And then he asked down in verse 26, help me, Lord, my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. That's, if you've been with us in this series, that word keeps coming up in the Psalms, and it's about covenant. It's not just about feeling, it's about God's promise. There's feeling involved, but it's, it's promise to be faithful and to let your unfailing love. Save me according to your unfailing love. Let, me, let them know. Let them know that it's your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. While they curse, may you bless and I just read through that, and I, the words I grabbed in that, if you're somebody who's hurting, help me, help me, save me, bless me. They're, they're cursing, and just, 
He's God, he overrides, he overrides, he can override, step in, override the curse and instead bless me and, and do all that in a way that everybody knows that you've done it for me, that you've come to my rescue. Help me, save me, bless me. And then here's how this psalm ends. It's verse 30 and 31, so it's kind of a long psalm. With my mouth, I will greatly extol, extol the Lord. In the great throng of worshipers, I'll praise him. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. And so here's what you have to know. Here's what we have to know. When God's people suffer unjustly, God is not distant and he is not, he is, he is not uninvolved. He is close and he is paying attention. When God's people suffer unjustly, he is, when you're hurting, when someone else has betrayed you, when someone else is going after you, God's not distant, he's close. And he's close to help you and to protect you. He, he draws near to be your help and to be your rescue. And you might feel like you are in danger. You might really be in danger. But if you let God be your protector, he will protect you. Because he's your, he's your father and he's unfailing love. Help me, rescue me, bless me. And he's close, he's close not just to be your protector but also to be your healer. He draws near to, to help you and to heal you from the hurt that you've suffered and he does not require you to get it all together before he draws near to you. When, you, when you're hurt, he just comes. He just, when you ask him, he just comes and you don't have to have it all together. You can, you can spill your guts before the Lord. Uh, you, can just, you can spill your guts for him. And, and he's gonna do what's right for you and what's right in the circumstance. And so you don't have to have it all cleaned up and ready to go and you don't have to hide yourself from him and you don't have to protect him from what's inside of you. He's, he draws near and he is your protector. And as you release what's inside of you to him, he'll meet you in that, and he will grow you in that and through that he will provide help and he will provide his kind of healing in the circumstances of your life. So, so we, don't have to, like, we don't have to hide from God. We don't have to have it all together. We can be where we are. And we can, we can be transparent and we can be open and we can be vulnerable with him. And, and when we do that, we get to experience a deep relationship with our heavenly father and healing for the hurts in our lives. And that's what we want, is depth in our relationship with God and healing for the hurts in our lives. And as we receive his healing, now we've got something to offer to the people that he's put in our circles. And so these prayers, these prayers, they, they're a little shocking to read. But if what's inside of you, if it's what's inside of you, you can let it out before your heavenly father and let, and let him sort through that with you in ways that are, that are for your good and for your healing and for the good of the people who are around you. So I'd like to pray that for us. Would you guys please bow your head, close your eyes with me, and let me conclude our time together in prayer. So Father, I'm really grateful for this, this gift of prayer that we get to talk with you, that this gift of grace, that we don't have to have it all figured out, we don't have to have it all together, that you're saying yes to us just as we are. Thank you for being our helper. Thank you for being our rescuer. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you, 
Thank you for being the God who is just and who does what's right. It's what we want and need in our lives. And so I'm asking for myself and for my friends who are here in this room, wherever we are, that, that we would be deep in our relationship with you. And as we, as we are deeper in our relationship with you, that for sure spills out of us into the lives of the people who are around us. So, so may we be the kind of people who are willing to be where we are with you and receive what you're offering to us in these moments. And Jesus, all of this comes to us through you. Your, your death on the cross, your resurrection from the dead, the gift of your spirit in our lives. Since it all comes to us through you. We, we pray these things in your name, amen. Hey, thanks again for being here this weekend. I mean, if you want somebody to pray with you, pray for you about stuff that's happening in your lives, our prayer team will be right down here at the front when we're done. Those of you online, you can hit the pray button and uh, we would love to pray with you. It'd be our great privilege. So thank you guys for being here. Um, God bless you. Have a great weekend. I love you. I'll see you next week.